welcome to Conversations About Life. Well, good morning, Jeremy. Hi. Good morning. I'm uh, glad to be able to talk with you. And we um, met a few years ago when I borrowed your recorder when I was in Kansas City and I had forgotten mine and you were generous enough to loan me yours. So I appreciate that. And just to introduce you, you are a photographer and a poet, an artist. Um, anything else as far as introduction about just what you do? Is that your... Uh, source of income as well. Yes, yeah, it's my um, my full time gig uh, and profession as a yeah photographer, artist, um, a video producer, visual storytellers, you know, among the many titles that I can call myself at times. So, who are your uh, clients for the most part? Uh, most are. Uh, almost all of my clients are nonprofit organizations and um, kind of grassroots community groups or who I enjoy working with the most. And um, so anyone who has kind of important stories to tell, meaningful, you know, beautiful stories about um, human struggle and human uh, joy and um, all of that, all that good stuff. That sounds like a really interesting profession to be in and to be yeah. able to, you know, make an income at it, uh, you know, provide for yourself through it, too. It seems pretty neat. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it's a... Um, I, I do love what I do. Um, you know, it's, it's not always easy being self-employed and um, working... Um, with uh, working with the non-profit sector is really rewarding, um, but it's also, you know, um, it has its challenges too, but it's the, the kind of meaningful um, missions of the organizations and the um, kind of authentic stories that we're able to tell makes it all, you know, that worth it. Mm -hmm. Does most of your business come from word of mouth? Yeah, um, most of it is word of mouth. Relationships um, through my network um, is kind of the, yeah, the majority of my work. And um, really it's kind of, uh, I guess, how I, those are the, tend to be the um, most enjoyable or like best quality because, you know, relationship is kind of the foundation of community and everything. So, um, for, to have, be connected from someone that I knew before that I did a project with, um, or someone I knew personally kind of, you know, leads to, tends to lead to just, um, a more natural match or connection with, uh, with what I do and yeah. how I operate. Mm -hmm. Cool. Where are you from? Uh, so I'm from Kansas City, okay. um, born and raised, still live here. Mm -hmm. Okay. And um, 
Well, so you're an artist, um, and I, I guess my question is why? Um, it seems to be like art seems to be uh, a form of communication. Um, so what inspires you about your, your work and uh, makes it meaningful to you? Or just why is it that you do what you do? Mm. Yeah, the why. I love the question why. Um, so, I mean, it's, so first of all, like being an artist um, uh, is, goes beyond and goes deeper than just my client work. Um, my kind of client commissions. Um, so, um, most or yeah, most of my client work is in video production and photography, um, and those are kind of my primary art forms and mediums. Um, but as you mentioned, I also um, identify as a poet and write and um, have a lot of other ideas that. Um, come to fruition at different times or not and just keep simmering in my head um, but basically all that is like being an artist is um, more of a I guess approach and perspective um, an approach to life and a perspective on the world and um, so I can't <clears throat> I'm not exactly sure why um, but it's kind of just a part of who I am, um, being an artist, being, um, uh, someone who, I don't want to say, I guess, lives or in an artistic way, but, um, just a, um, yeah, a way of seeing, with being, and then of course, like, creating is, um, central to even like identifying as artists so um it's um hmm i guess i have i have a vision we all do um but i have this vision that i want to share um with as many people as possible if it's and hopefully somebody finds some value or a, a different perspective than, than their own. Um, and really, I think everybody has, truly everybody has their own vision, of course. Um, and everybody has creativity um, that's innate in them. Um, and just, it kind of depends a lot, I think, on when we're kids and whether we are allowed to let that creativity just roam freely or if um, we're giving coloring books and saying stay inside the lines um, or, or like kind of told by adults that or that somehow communicated by adults that we are not artists or that we're not creative or not original like um, a lot of it's kind of conditioned and not to say everybody is an, is an artist or um, wants to be an artist but I think everybody has within them that uh, artistic um, nature or creativity and able somehow able to share their vision 
if if we were just allowed to be nurtured in it. Yeah. Sometimes when I think of art, I think of like someone trying to express something that they can't find words for. It's almost like mm, there's just nothing I can really yeah. say to communicate how I feel about something, but maybe through a poem or through some type of artwork, I can try to get that emotion out in some way. And then, right. but for you, it sounds a little bit more like you have this vision and you want to communicate it and impact people with it. So that seems like a little, a little different. Like it's like a message and you're trying to get it out. Is that right? Uh, I think, I think you're kind of getting to it. Um, um, but I love what you're saying that, you know, like there's something that is, can't be really described that we're trying to just hint at or try to get a little, ride that feeling a little longer with, with art. Um, I think, I do think I'm kind of a, a little different, um, than, most artists, or at least maybe like the stereotypical artist, and that um, most of my my work or my approaches is not about like my own personal expression or trying to like examine my internal life, um, but more about yeah, like like you're saying, my vision. Um, I wouldn't say I have a message per se, at least well. Maybe sometimes I do, but I think when I, my my best work or my most most um, effective um, work is usually when I'm not trying to get like a specific um, message or um, kind of philosophy across. Instead, um, it is more just when uh, I want to just hint at some kind of universal truth or universal experience that amongst all people um, or um, um, yeah, just kind of sit with um, some of the paradox paradoxes of life um, if that's the plural of paradox, paradoxes um, so um, it's a uh, yeah, I think that's kind of getting to getting to it a little bit. Um, of my approach, definitely not everything, but mm-hmm. is that kind of? Yeah. It kind of seems like art is trying to um, grasp at something that just can't really be grasped. So you, you know, you use the word hint, and that's kind of seems like mm-hmm. what it is sometimes. Um, I lately I've been thinking about, you know, how do humans have a connection with God? And it seems like, it seems in a similar way that it's not something that can really be grasped. The, the way it's sometimes described in the Bible is like it's a spiritual connection. Jesus um, talked about, um, you know, it's better if I go away because then... I can send the Spirit. And Paul talks about walking by the Spirit, and there's like 
so it seems to be a spiritual connection, but just what is that? You know, like uh, you can kind of, well, I can kind of relate to it, I think, um, but it's not something that I could spell out with words. What this is, what a spiritual connection with God is, but it seems just something um, that, can, that can't just be grasped and said with a few words. Mm-hmm. Um, it seems art in the same way is um, hinting at something that can't yeah. just be um, grasped, I guess, you know. Right. Yeah. And I think um, uh, to like follow up on something I said just earlier is that while I, I don't tend to follow like the idea of, of an artist just being about personal self-expression like I am like um wanting to explore more and like committed to the idea of um exploring my own personal experience to like my own direct experience of um of life of what could be um called the spiritual um what may be like the um kind of embodied um experience of of God of the divine of the spiritual of um, of the tangible as well in this world so um, and that's you know through we experience that through our emotions we experience that through our physical sensations um, through our minds um, through um, our direct, like sensation, but connections with um, each other and with the rest of the kind of beyond human world. Um, so it's, um, yeah, there's, there is, um, there are so many ways of um, uh, I guess tapping into that energy or tapping into that um, um, divine, um, divineness, um, but, yeah, art is one of the ways that I, um, that I'm, like, most, I get most excited about, um, as far as those different modes or paths of, uh, exploring that connection and mystery. Okay. So I've, I'm going to bring up some things that I've been thinking about, reading about, and but I don't know what's on your mind. If there's anything that's been turning around in your mind, you know, feel free to bring up anything like that. Okay. But as I was just jotting down some questions, now I'm looking back on them and they look a little bit weird. This, <laughs> this question is, what is your order or rock in the midst of chaos? I've been um, listening to Jordan Peterson sometimes, uh, some, and he... Are you familiar with Jordan Peterson? No, I don't think so. Okay, so he's a psychologist, but uh, and now he's more of a speaker and author. and He talks about um, chaos and order. Like, we need both. Um, chaos is more where creativity comes from and so forth, and order... It's kind of 
more of that stability and so forth. And you get too far in the order and, you know, things can be cold and dead, get too more, but you can't live just totally in the chaos. Things, um, I mean, you have to have some grounding or something, but I guess what I was thinking of when I was just thinking, wrote, jotted down that note was, um, for you, when life seems a, a mess and, um, and you don't know where it's going and it's not something you can understand and so forth, um, do you uh, try to find some like mental stability um, in some way? Um, do you come back to some fundamental beliefs? something that um, helps you feel grounded in the world and um, um, secure and that type of thing. Is there, mm-hmm. you know, anything, what's it for you that um, order stability or thing that you find uh, a home for your soul in or <laughs> something along those lines? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, interesting question. Um, I guess, well, um, it feels like a, a relevant question because like this past year, especially, um, like for many people, I'm sure has just been, uh, kind of shaken my foundation, shaken that stability of, um, what, uh, what is reliable or what is what is real and what is like, um, uh, what could we come back to as, um, what, uh, something to, um, feel grounded in. And I don't know, I guess it's something that I'm always wondering and thinking about, um, I think there's there is um, something to be said about kind of at times uh, embracing the the chaos or the disorder um, because like you say it's like the part of the nature of universe and reality but also know that we can't stay in that forever we might um, kind of lose it um, I think for me some those things are uh, my relationships my closest relationships that um, um, in themselves can feel you know disordered or um, um, hard difficult at times like still like underneath it all like the love that's there um, is grounding for me, and when I get, like, un, uh, unsettled by, um, my life, but also the, more so the, um, disorder or violence of the world that's in the world, then coming back and remembering those who I know and love and who know and love me directly, um, feels stabilizing, um, and, um, beyond that, um, you know, 
art, of course. Um, you know, I read some of my favorite poets, and like um, Mary Oliver or Langston Hughes, and um, all of these that all these uh, poets and artists that don't ignore, don't shy away from um, the uncomfortable parts of life, of of death and violence and um, strife, but also are able to see um, the the beautiful and the joyous, um, and kind of hold those um, at the same time um, is grounding and also, you know, the the gospels themselves, um, specifically, you know, like um, the life and teachings of Jesus um, um, are something that I can always come back to. Um, you know, even, even as I have, I have, um, maybe, even as I do, like, have, um, struggles at time with, with, um, the church, with the greater church, and, like, all the, um, uh, troubled history and, um, troubled, like, just humanity of, of the church, like, coming back to the words and life of Jesus, I think, is, um, something that still can be my rock, as, you know, as he would say, but also, at the same time, like, his words and life can unsettle me, um, because it's not easy. Um, it's really challenging if we, if we really take it seriously. Like, um, we can't live, we can't always be living a comfortable life if we're taking seriously the teachings of Jesus. So it's both, it's both and, you know, it's like grounding and, um, unsettling in a way. So when it comes to, um, you know, the Christian faith, Jesus, the Gospels, and all of that, what in particular appeals to you about it? Well, so I was... um, born and raised Catholic, um, still identify as Catholic, and, um, I think there is, there is, um, a lot of, um, kind of beauty and, and, and strength within, um, the, um, the roots of, of the church that um, stretch back, yeah, to, um, of course, <laughs> stretch back towards to Jesus' life, of course, and the, and the apostles. Um, <clears throat> what appeals to me about it is, I'm not sure exactly how to say it. Um, I guess... For me, it's it's usually like in the small, in like its smallest iterations is where 
I'm most attracted to um, Christianity, um, such as was the case with like the um, the early church, the um, as like when it was referred to as the way, um, and it was a small community um, living together in solidarity and and uh, common not just common resources, but like just common life. Um, and, and to today, um, where I witness that or where I'm involved in that kind of, um, living out of, um, the gospel is where I, yeah, just, I feel most grounded and, um, drawn to stay with, with the teachings and with, um, what we call, what we call Christianity. Um, you know, for instance, here in Kansas City, I have a couple communities that, um, that I'm a part of, such as Jerusalem Farm, who I know if you've visited and interviewed before, and another community called The Open Table, um, which is a, a dinner church that's committed to anti-racism and, um, um, like true community. So, did you? Um, what kind of church did you say? A, di- a dinner, dinner dinner church. church. Okay, I thought yeah, that's what you we said. Have, yeah, uh, we have not been meeting in person for the last year, of course, but um, still meeting online. And once we are able to, um, once it's safe again, we'll be. We meet um, uh, Sunday evenings, like two two Sunday Sundays a month. Um, for a potluck meal, basically, and um, to uh, uh, yeah, share in fellowship, and we'll have um, speakers, presenters, or any other kind of um, kind of gathering that's not just led by like one pastor, for instance. It's um, rotates between many people and uh, perspectives and um, takes on the world. So. Um, is, um, like, um, what did, communion or, you know, the Lord's Supper, is that incorporated into dinner or is it more just a social dinner? Yeah. That's, that's kind of the, yeah, that is the understanding of, or the kind of impetus of, of why it is a dinner church is okay. like, that is our communion. Okay. Um, as a, not, not like, um, not as... Uh, ritual as much of like a ritual as it is in the Catholic Church with Eucharist um, so it's yeah it's both it's like okay. a social saying as well as yeah the sacrament <laughs> so yeah there's a particular way the Eucharist is done in the Catholic Church and then the Protestant Church where I'm a part of we have the little cups of grape juice and <laughs> little crackers mm-hmm. you know um, so with this type of thing is there um, like a word said like you know like a particular time where everyone pauses and it's like well now we're going to take the wine and the the bread or is it not even that structured um Within the meal itself, uh, I guess it, it's not that structured. Um, the 
the order of, of the gathering has structure um, as, you know, just as a way of um, um, having a, a, what's the word other than ritual, I guess just, I think there's another word I'm looking for, but um, yeah, a ritual that is, um, that does feel kind of grounding or comforting and um, something that we can um, come back to. Um, so, you know, like an opening um, prayer or benediction, um, which can be anything from a, like, a formal prayer to a poem or um, a kind of a meditation. Um, and music, we of course usually incorporate music. Um, and uh, yeah, so there, there is an order or a structure to things, but um, it's also very much, um, I guess, more focused on the community aspect and the relationship aspect that we are um, able to gather, you know, around a table physically and not with any kind of like um, pretense or um, uh, um, too, making it too formal. It's like just like, let's be, let's live together. Let's kind of delight in each other's company and, um, and the food, <laughs> which mm -hmm. is always great. Okay, that sounds neat. Get to a little bit, yeah. You know, um, in the Christian faith, it seems that Jesus on a cross crucified seems to be the center. When you walk into a Catholic church, that's what you see, you know, foremost. And in the Protestant church, many times you see just the symbol of the cross. But even the New Testament... You know, the gospel accounts are the, the story of leading up to Jesus' death. So, f for you, you know, what does that mean? Um, like, is that meaningful to you? If so, what, in what way? What is the significance of it? Uh, does it give you comfort? Or, or is that more of a secondary part of you know, your experience with the Christian faith or just what are your thoughts about Jesus and his death and then, you know, afterwards the, the resurrection, but, but that aspect. Mm -hmm. Hmm. Um, I, uh, I'm not sure how much I could I could speak to it right now. Um, I um, I I guess I've just been kind of re-examining or in a time of questioning um, about like my my own relationship or understanding to um, the of how of how specifically of how the the church or churches um approach and um center the the death and resurrection of of Jesus. Um 
I'm not, I don't, not in a questioning in a way of like, um, did it happen or was it important? I still believe that, um, that it is, um, um, critical and central to the faith. Um, I guess, yeah, just, um, I'm not sure, I'm not sure how much, yeah, I can speak on it right now in this moment okay. um, with any kind of, any kind of clarity or, <laughs> uh, yeah. Okay. So it's something, um, so you, you, it's something that seems central to the faith, but it's not something, um, that like you have uh, a lot of uh, explanatory type of thoughts about right now like it's I guess um, mm-hmm. is it something you think about or is it um, I um, or have you had thoughts about it in the past uh, an understanding of it that you're kind of um moving away from or or do you want to go on to a different subject (laughs) (laughs) um yeah i mean i've i've definitely um thought about it and still think about it all i i mean i'm i'm a i'm a huge thinker and overthinker so all of these things run through my head at different times or all the time um but um, I don't know. I don't want to. I'm not trying to avoid it, but I guess could you could you say the question again, or maybe yeah, what it, what is it specifically that yeah that you're wondering about? Yeah, um, it just seems like a um, a central part to the Christian faith and just the way that the New Testament is kind of structured and the way churches are structured and so forth. And my, um, in the past, the way that I've understood it has been um, as like a sacrifice. Uh, We, as humanity, we've fallen short of what uh, we were created to be. And there's justice that needs to be paid. Um, And Jesus, he gave himself for us to pay, um, to redeem us, to purchase us, to somehow satisfy um, a a justice type of debt that we owe. Um, So, and then when I'm talking with people, sometimes that... Uh, does not resonate with them. Like, to them, that appears to be um, like uh, it's it's almost like putting guilt on people um, that, you know, Jesus would have to die for us or something along those lines. And so some people see it more as a representative, I mean, well as a, um, like an example type of thing. You know, he, he laid down, he entrusted himself into the hands of his father and he, um, 
all the way to death. And, you know, and he was vindicated. Uh, he allowed the, all the uh, wickedness, the evil of humanity to, to be laid on him. And he just took it all. And then God vindicated him, raised him up. He didn't fight back. He allowed it to happen, and he entrusted himself into the hands of his father. So I, I can see both of those things. And I'm sometimes I just uh, think about it and, and try to think, you know, what do I make of it? How um, it seems like it's something to take comfort in. It's something to, um, I don't know, it just seems so central, but it seems a little bit like something beyond just being able to explain and, and, and just black, you know, in just a black and white type of way. Mm-hmm. Um, because if any of this, well, if it's like a sacrificial type of thing, I mean, this is some kind of cosmic type of thing. You know, how can we grasp what's going on with all of that? Mm-hmm. And it seems like it, you know, there's, there's, so there's two kind of explanations of it. And there's, I think there's kind of more um, that are slightly different that are sometimes referred to. But so anyway, those are just some of my thoughts about um, about it. I'm, I think there's more to it to to gain from it. Um, it does seem like the central thing. So anyway, mm-hmm. uh, that's just uh, what I was kind of wondering about. Just any, um, you know, just what? How do you relate to it? What does it mean to you? Um, or what has it meant to you and so forth, you know, just things along that type of thing. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks for sharing. Um, I guess that I, uh, for one thing, I mean, I'm no theologian, um, so I can't speak specifically to, um, you know, any of that, uh, theology or how central it is. And it's, um, import to the rest of the teachings of the church or the gospel, but, um, I guess my, my personal feelings, um, around what I believe is referred to usually as atonement, um, theology Mm -hmm. is I, I can't really see, um, I can't really go along with like the idea that Jesus was a ransom um, kind of idea that um, there was a debt to be paid and so God gave his son so that it could pay the debt like it seems one seems like an oversimplification but um, also doesn't feel like um, the uh, it doesn't it yeah, I think it it's also um, doesn't get to like the depth of of what the 
the death of of Christ actually meant um, that um, I guess it was it was a full like you know if Jesus was the full embodiment of of God um, like the in, actual incarnation like embodiment um, then um, the his death his you know willing to his giving up his life for his friends um, meaning all of us I guess um, you know like he's he said there's no greater love than this to give up one's life for one's friends um, then that is I guess the full embodiment of um, the uh, the love of God like the, the actual active love um, and there's there's kind of, there's also an unfortunate um, perception I think around um, the execution of, of Christ was that um, that it's like um, yeah like you're saying this idea that he he gave himself for us so now like we should feel guilty um, because of our sins that caused him to be crucified um, I think that's a harmful um, road to go down to see that and um, also I hear um, statements like um, you know whenever you're struggling like just think about Jesus on the cross you know at least you know it's like if you think you're struggling look at Jesus you know he was nailed to the cross and like that's I think the opposite of what um, Christ was um, not not why he did it but like that's the opposite of like what he would want us to think like he um uh <clears throat> I suppose of course this is all just just thoughts I can't say <laughs> I can't speak for God but um he 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 became human so that we that he could like fully experience what it like was like to be human at least you know that's my understanding of um that's that's a teaching that's most resonated with me i guess in the past and that the it's not that he suffered any more than any human because there have been great <laughs> horrible things um done to and happened to humans like just as bad as what happened to Jesus so it's not that he suffered more and that we should be grateful that we're not crucified it's that he didn't suffer any less either um so we are we now have like that common experience with God with Jesus with the divine incarnate um and like that is I guess kind of the ultimate solidarity um so we talk about in the catholic church 
Um, one of the Catholic social teachings is around solidarity and living um, not just in the abstract, not just um, the idea of um, like uh, of being charitable, of just like giving out of your surplus or think being nice. Like solidarity is as much as you're able living as um, living the experience of someone that you love, whether that is um, someone you're directly in relationship to or um, someone you're not or anyone, you know, all of humanity, all of living beings. Um, I guess that is, I guess what I would, one way or one, one way that I think about um, the death, the crucifixion, the um, execution by the state that was Jesus's death. Oh, thanks. Appreciate that. Yeah, it's interesting. Solidarity, um, and there, there was that. So I've heard people refer to it as uh, like Jesus was. Uh, I don't know if this is the same thing. Incarnate, so that me, you know, God with us, um, and in the same way, we are to be like. God with others as like instruments of his love toward others in, in an incarnate way. Um, but solidarity uh, seems like slightly different, like, um, you know, uh, identifying God identified with us and join in with us. And, um, and so, you know, that following that example, we ought to not um, isolate ourselves and um, just have self-interest, but we should identify and join in with the life of, you know, those around us for their good um, and share in their experience and um, kind of being one with them in a sense. I guess, I guess that's what you mean by solidarity, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And it's, um, it can be tricky to, I've been reflecting a little bit in the last couple of days, um, so I was talking with a friend about, um, solidarity and as, as well, um, uh, mercy and, um, it can be tricky in that, like, there can be a, I guess, kind of a power dynamic or a, a perception of like um, um, status or hierarchy, um, not hierarchy, but like, um, uh, what am I saying? Uh, with with the idea of um, mercy specifically, or like the 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 works of mercy, there's usually this idea that I am I am like coming to serve you, I'm coming to, like, give you something that you lack, um, uh, which, like, this isn't to, like, negate the idea of mercy or the, the corporal works of mercy or any of that, but, um, I think that there tends to be an over, over, uh, emphasis on the giving of mercy within, at least within, you know, the, the Christian church. Um, and not enough emphasis on 
how we receive it um, or how we are in solidarity with each other and not that I'm coming to be in solidarity with you. That probably doesn't sound very clear, but what I'm saying is like, um, I'm, if I'm, if I'm coming in thinking that, oh, I'm, you know, like a, a savior, kind of like, I'm coming here to give you mercy, I'm coming here to give you charity. Um, that's not, that's not the idea. That's not what I think Jesus was getting at when he came in, you know, even though he was, um, God incarnate, it wasn't done in a way of like, oh, I'm coming here to, um, just like save you poor people. Like it was in solidarity. It was like, I'm coming here to live with you, live in direct relationship with you, live as you do, live, um, uh, live in a poor, simple life, you know? And remember also he didn't, he didn't relate much with, with the rich <laughs> and the powerful. Um, he lived with the poor and the marginalized of society. And, um, so it's, it's, um, I guess whenever, whenever I kind of think, start thinking that, oh, I'm, I'm, uh, coming in to, um, help these poor people or like be merciful towards somebody who needs mercy. Um, I think I can get, it's easy to get misguided in that very quickly. Um, and critical, it's critical to remember that, um, first of all, just that we are, we're just all human and we just have this in common and we're trying to get by and we can get by only with each other. Um, and that at different times in different spaces, like we're all going to need, um, some more help and other times we'll be able to give more help i don't even like using the word help there but like you know insert whatever love um presence um um a listening ear uh support whatever it may be yeah and i can i can see the point because you know, Jesus' harshest words were toward those who were uh, religious and disciplined and had it all together, you know, like Pharisees. Mm -hmm. um, and, and the, you know, they didn't see the world clearly because they saw themselves as really having it all together and being pleasing with God um, because of how well they followed God's commandments and so forth and they looked down upon um, the prostitutes the tax collectors the sinners but you know I just I've been I was reading um, Proverbs this morning and a lot of times it's contrasted the righteous and the wicked you know and it's trying to motivate a person, the reader, to to realize, you know, it makes a, lot, a big difference in your life what path you go. There's a path that's being upright, honest, um, uh, uh, accepting a rebuke. Um, you know, there's, there's that. 
And then there's a path of wickedness, not wanting to hear a rebuke, wanting to feed on folly and, uh, and wanting to, you know, be perverse and deceitful and so forth. And it makes a, and so there's a lot of distinguishment between these two things. So it's a little bit, you know, when faced with that too, and another person who, um, it seems like they're they're feeding on folly, so to speak, you know. And mm. it's hard to, so, you know. So I see your, you know, the point of what you're all saying, what what you're saying, and it, it all makes sense. Um, but there's also, you know, uh, that. But I don't know. I guess that we all are human is an equalizer um, in that I think it was St. Paul you know, who said um, we all fall short and so forth so that all kind of puts us in the same boat um, so anyway just some different thoughts on that I guess yeah I, I think it's yeah I mean critical to remember that like uh, remember the complexity of of being human, of being alive, and that it's it's never um, like you say, the wicked and the upright. It's never black and white as that. It's never as like mm-hmm. um, here are the good ones, here are the bad ones. Um, even though, like, I guess there's a parable that Jesus says like separates the goats and the in <laughs> the sheep, but right. uh, <laughs> I, I my uh, understanding is that like it's never so dualistic. It's never um, so simple as um, here's right, here's wrong. Not in a like way of like everything's cool, but like it's never so simple. Um, and being human, um, just humans are complex, and we're also just like these biological organisms that um, are affected by so many things within our lifetime and before our lifetime um, when you think of things like uh, generational trauma and um, and our environments so uh, as well as like our as well as our spiritual um, states which perhaps like, I, th- I think, like, deep down at our core, I guess we could call our spiritual core, is, is, is a place that's unsettled by everything that we perceive. But uh, as you move outward from that core, it just gets mushier, <laughs> I guess you could say, and that, like, more malleable by, by lived experiences. So um, people can... Uh, do uh, horrible things to each other and to the world from what I understand it's it comes not out of nowhere not out of like they just want to do bad it comes out of there's a history behind it that someone um, had um yeah, there's just, there's reasons behind it. 
and it's not to excuse their actions. Um, it is trying to understand where it comes from. I might be speaking a little vague here, but like, for instance, if somebody, um, if somebody is violent, if somebody murders somebody, then it is like, we have to look back, like what led to this point? It wasn't just that they are a bad person that decided to go out and kill somebody. Like, I mean, there's, I don't want to simplify it either because there's so many uh, endless amount of stories out there that led to that, but like, it's never just about a person being sinful um, or that like they are um, one of the wicked. I don't know, maybe I'm going off on a tangent here, um, but I just wanted to, you know, explore the, and emphasize that um, we are um, we are these complex um, these complex beings that um, are in need of like I said, mercy from each other and um, compassion and understanding and how that's, of course, acted out or how that's um, done is also um, as varied and diverse as there are people in this world. So it's not so much like they're one of the wicked, we're one of the righteous. It's more kind of more like, well, we're both one of the wicked and one of the righteous. Um, and it's kind of like the human lot, perhaps, um, that um, good comes from us, but wickedness comes from us as well. It just may be a different type of wickedness or look different in my life than in someone else's life. Yeah, I think you, it's maybe the, the um, yeah, how we, uh, what words we use to describe it is just different. I, I, um, I would not use the term wicked <laughs> for anybody. Um, but I think, yeah, it's just like describing in a different way. Well, um, like just yeah. because uh, something can be explained doesn't mean that it's not wicked. Um, for example, if someone, um, murdered someone like your example mm -hmm. you could see the things leading up to them how that person had been mistreated and abused and whatever might have shaped that person but just because it can be explained doesn't um, mean it's not wicked but but then there's the matter of like well is that person wicked you know what they did right. was wicked but what about that person and uh, mm -hmm. that could be a different thing yeah yeah I, I think we could we could talk for a long time about that <laughs> yeah um, do you have any routines that are meaningful to you hmm um, routines, um, 
just just day to day routines. Yeah, or like just brushing my teeth and <laughs> excuse me. Oh well, uh, things that um, uh, nourish your spirit, things that help you um, make progress in life. Um, you know, just anything along that line that uh, is that you found is helpful to you and uh, that you want to share. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, well, I, th- I think often I can get down on myself a little bit because there's a lot of routines or practices that I want to do more regularly, um, like um, journaling, um, just like a moment of being still and silent every day, um, like kind of like meditation, um, even for a few minutes. So those are things that are, I think I'm constantly like trying to do more um, regularly, but also like trying not to beat myself up when I don't do them. Um, so the things that I think that I um, have more regularly and that are life-giving to me are, um, for instance, the, like the gatherings with my faith communities with um, some Farm and the Open Table, and I haven't been able to attend at my Catholic parish, um, but hopefully I will soon because I was, um, well, whenever it comes, um, I'm looking forward to it. I was in the, the choir um, at my church and to be able to sing um, with this small community there. Um, and um, just like checking in with, with friends and family, I think um, it may not seem like a routine, but it's, it's, uh, and it's maybe not like consistently regular. I think just making sure that um, uh, time to not too much time goes by, or even when it does, it's fine. Just like making sure that I check in with with those I love and that are important to me, and um, and then um, being outside, being um, in the woods, or um, yeah, wherever walking and and biking is, you know, it's it's not just exercise for me. It's it's uh, you know it's um, um, it's as well as physical, it's spiritual, um, and mental health, um, for, for me. And, and also, um, I've, I've been, uh, doing, um, just regular therapy counseling, um, since November and it's for the first time in my life and it's been really critical, um, or really, uh, helpful, um, for me and, understanding um myself and my patterns and my brain and how i can live better in relationship with in better relationship with myself and with um those who are closest to me and everyone else everything else what does what's the most benefit of talking with a therapist like what really happens that's helpful when you uh, when a person meets with a therapist hmm. um, 
for me personally, uh, one is just being able to process, just to like spill my guts, you know, just mm. talk yeah. without having to worry about um, offending. Um, not, I mean, not not that I'm not like sensitive to the therapist also, but like therapists generally are like trained to just like <laughs> well, not not um, not be offender, not to take it in. Um, sorry, tangent, but um, being able to just like process through and talk things out um, is something that's uh, doesn't come naturally to me. I'm not usually an external processor, so um, it's helpful because it's just amazing how much more can. Um, uh, more insight can come from that. It's, it's like writing as well. You know, it's another great way of like just uh, kind of congealing all the swirling thoughts in my head, mm -hmm. um, so it become a little clearer. Um, so does and then I'm sorry. Um, does how the therapy therapist reply to your thoughts helpful, or is it more of just you getting it out and hearing yourself? If is that the helpful part? Yeah, I think it's both for okay. me. Okay. Um, yeah, I think the um, <clears throat> having this outside perspective, having this kind of quote-unquote neutral third party um, able to feedback or give yeah give like a reflection of what I'm saying um, is is super helpful. Um, in addition to having their um, um, you know, their training and their education to be able to identify when something um, seems, not necessarily seems off, but like just kind of understanding what's going on. Because um, there are a lot of common patterns um, within the human brain. Um, so, and oftentimes, um, I think we tend to think that it's just me, you know, like it's, um, I'm the only one who's thinking like this. Um, or who's going through this, but it's most of the time it's like, no, there's millions or billions of other people who have the same things and it's normal. Hmm. Um, so, and there are ways, there are techniques and um, practices that can help you kind of retrain or not retrain, um, form new new neural pathways if you're thinking specifically in a um, psychological way, but like, um, um, create new um, new habits or I guess new um, doorways as well that like like unlocking doors that that you've been maybe stuck at um, hmm. for a while um, okay. it's helpful to have a kind of companion in that well thanks um, yeah. did I interrupt you um, or were you was there anything I else? was going to I was going to say the same okay. thing that you asked about, yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, was there anything in particular that comes to mind as far as impacts on your life that's really shaped you to be who you are? Like any particular people or any particular books that, you know, were a turning point in your life and have... Um, impacted you hmm. yes 
Um, hmm. How do I how do I choose a couple examples? Um, <clears throat> well, I guess uh, since you mentioned books, I could start there. Just that um, when I was younger, I think in high school, um, there was I was um, especially interested in um, Buddhism and kind of Eastern religion. I was I've always been um, really interested in, in learning from all the the world religions, but um, I was especially drawn to like Buddhist teachings, and um, there was and so there's several things I read, but one book was The Art of Happiness, which was um, a book that was like an interview of the Dalai Lama, and it's been a long time since I've read it, so I'm not sure like what I would think of it now, but um, I think that there's there is um, just generally um, a lot of great um, beauty and wisdom within um, Buddhism, which Buddhism itself is a diverse um, faith um, or belief system, but um, you know, the ideas, just the ideas of compassion and um, um, how to live, how to live that out. Um, let's see, what else? Um, more recently, there's a book called God's Hotel, which is about, actually more about like the medical um, field. Um, but for some reason, like it just really resonated with me and in that it's like, um, uh, Dr. Victoria Sweet is the author and she talks about the idea of um, slow medicine, um, where you are, um, where doctors and nurses and medical professionals uh, in today's world, in today's like American health system at least, are pushed to like be efficient and like get people in and out all the time but for like a lot of like chronic um, conditions, you have to take time. You have to like observe the this person who is unwell, and like um, there's no other way of doing that. You can't do it fast. Um, so it's um, yeah. I haven't. I'm not sure why. Like it's it was so um, captivating to me, who's not in the medical field that. I guess that like slowing down and observing, um, and I'm like observation is is a huge part of who I am. If you're familiar with the Enneagram at all, like I'm a five, and that's huge. Um, so it's uh, um, as well as like there's a lot of really interesting things in that book, and she references or she researched um, Saint Hildegard um, a lot, and. Um, so I recommend that book. Um, there's also, um, I'm not sure how necessarily it like, shaped me or influenced me, but it did influence me. Um, the Parable of the Sower by Octavia Butler, um, which is a, you know, a, a sci-fi kind of set in the future. Um, but I mean, Octavia Butler is an incredible author. And this book, 
like shook me. <laughs> I just read it a couple years ago, and it it shook me um, for many reasons. Like one is that it seemed so um, plausible, or it seems so possible that this like future is ahead of us, where with um, climate catastrophe and the the fall of like our economic systems and um, how what that would be like, um, what that could be like. Um, and she also um, basically kind of invents a religion within this within this book or within this like two books. I haven't read finished reading the second book, the Parable of Talents, but um, the kind of um, precepts around what the, the main character comes up with in this um, um, religion or faith that she. Um, helps create is um, challenging and also like feels like there's just a lot of wisdom as well so um, it's amazing what what uh, just one author one artist can can do <laughs> hmm. um, yeah. so um, yeah those are a few books okay. that have been influential over the years <laughs> okay Is it, how have you been growing lately, or how do you want to grow as a, you know, I'm referring to you as a person, uh, spiritually, or just in your being who you are. Is there anything going on right now for you, or anything that you, direction that you want to go as far as personal growth goes? Uh... Yes, I think, most definitely. Um, hmm. um, where to begin? <laughs> or what to, what to choose? You know, we don't have all the time in the world. Um, I guess one area is one area in being challenged and being kind of pushed and encouraged to grow in is um, speaking, um, which is so like speaking up, speaking out, um, just speaking my. Um, my feelings and my um, thoughts and my uh, uh, let me let me I guess be more specific and like um, for instance speaking up um, in terms of injustice in this world speaking up against um, racism and white supremacy in all of its forms in our culture um and it's like especially in like the subtle ways that we don't perceive it within our own um within our own minds and conditioning and um communities and relationships um me as a, as a white person i have a lot of 
privilege within our culture and system, so it's like my responsibility to speak up when I see these, when I witness it, um, and not just be silent because like I could, I could be silent and for a lot of my life I have been, um, as I've been learning more and more, especially over the last couple of years, um, it's like becomes more of my duty, um, and, and something I want to do is, um, not just speak up and not just speak out, but like in, in terms of like calling out, but like trying to just like have these conversations, um, uh, with people that I'm in direct relation relationship with so that, um, like we can continue to, um, um, deconstruct, um, the racism that's built within our, our culture and create something new. Um, I don't, you know, I'm not coming at it, coming at it as an expert at all. I'm always learning and I think we all are. Um, so that's one example that I've been kind of a growing edge for me. Um, and, uh, um, and yeah, also just more simply like in, in terms of relationships, um, um, of all my relationships, but, um, especially, um, those closest to me, like, um, just more clearly communicating what is, what are my, uh, what are my feelings and like both, um, whether that is, um, the, the love and affection that I have for somebody, um, is something that I don't communicate very naturally, um, but something that is like important for, um, more depth going deeper and, um, as well at the same time, like, um, standing up and advocating for myself, um, when I have, um, um, when something is, you know, uh, when a boundary is crossed, for instance, or, um, whatever my specific needs are, um, is like important as well as, um, standing up and advocating for, for someone else, um, or, and, um, being present to, listening to, being sensitive to, um, the needs and boundaries of, of, um, those that I'm in relationship with. So, um, yeah, I guess that's a, a rambly way of saying that I'm, uh, my, one of my growing areas of growth is speaking up, out, and speaking more. Okay, well, thanks. Mm -hmm. Before we um, wrap up, I want to ask you a, a couple questions about just the practical aspects of, of uh, poetry, like just enjoying it or creating it. But, but first, is there just anything on your mind, any topic that you would like to, to bring up? 
Hmm. No, nothing more than we've kind of already we've touched on a lot. <laughs> yeah. So I feel pretty good about it. Well, so for me, poetry is something that I struggle to enjoy. Um, hmm. And I have enjoyed. Um, you know, I haven't read a whole lot of your poetry, but I have um, taken a look at your website, and there's been things on there I've enjoyed. But for the most part, like I have a book of Emily Dickinson, and I, most of the poetry, I'm just like, what is uh, being said? I feel like the communication's not coming across, and that's how it is for me for a, a lot of poetry. Now, when poetry is an area where I do like to express myself and it, just in my journal it's like w what I would go to if I wanted to just express some kind of express how I'm feeling like at the time I would do it in poetry and probably I doubt if the communication would like if someone was to read it would they get anything out of it I don't know but it's just like for me what I would go to if I was just somehow wanting to kind of get out and express you know what's going on in me or just how I'm feeling as I'm sitting here or whatever mm -hmm. do you have any thoughts about has enjoying poetry always come um, kind of naturally for you does it or if, if not do you have suggestions for how to um get out of it what's there and um or any and any thoughts about creating poetry um is there some kind of structure that's helpful um to um when it comes to creating poetry is there some kind of structure that's helpful to follow or um is it just don't do you not even matter this structure not even matter it's just whatever flows from your pen mm -hmm. uh, yeah so I think that there are two sides of it as far as the the enjoying or reading poetry um, at least two but the two I'm thinking of is that one the more you learn about um, poetry the more you learn about anything um, the more likely you are to appreciate it enjoy it um, I think so um, if you come at it from from that direction as like okay maybe I can read um, something as simple as like an article that is or a, a review of a poem or a review of book of poetry like mm -hmm. um, as long as it's not too like academic and they um, mm -hmm. are like using big words but um, reading somebody else's appreciation um, might help you appreciate it more, you know, um, because, yeah, like Emily Dixon, Dickinson is, of course, one of the greatest American poets, but um, for most people, it can seem a little impenetrable, um, but if we, if you read about her life and um, um, why she wrote the way she did or used the word she did, there might be, um, I think you might be able to see like, oh yeah, that's, that's a really beautiful way of um, phrasing that she did there. Um, but also, um, 
the other kind of direction you could come is like just keep reading around until you find something that resonates with you. Mm -hmm. um, not every poet, not every artist um, is going to make something that you like, and that's fine. <laughs> like, um, I think that there are just there's such diversity of of people, a diversity of mindsets and likes and dislikes in this world that like um, just because you don't you don't get something one doesn't mean that it's bad art um, but also just because something is good art doesn't mean you have to like it um, so specifically with poetry just keep um, looking into new ones and uh, I'm sure you'll find something that like really feels you know really like stirs something inside of you and that's that's I think what is um, one of the, like the most central parts of of art and poetry it's like finding that um, resonant frequency um, and likewise with with writing or creating yourself um, just you can I mean you can also just do freestyle and just like whatever comes to mind just write 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 and then eventually something you might surprise yourself with with what you write and like oh was that within me or that was inside of me like um, and if you feel like sharing it um, you'll probably be surprised that somebody else um, out there will resonate with it as well. Um, so it's, um, you know, like I was talking earlier about kind of human, common human universal, um, experiences, uh, that's, uh, what we can find within poetry often is, um, a, uh, um, a connection, um, maybe even dare I say, solidarity um, with, uh, with being, with living, uh, and, and as, as far as, like, structure, like, there's definitely a lot of structure out there, or, like, formulas, or, um, what's the word, um, forms of poetry that you can use as, like, a starting point, or as, like, a, a prompt to help you um, uh, help prompt that creativity. Um, I am not formally educated in, in poetry and, and writing, um, and most of my stuff is freestyle, but incorporating just, like, rhyme and rhythm that, um, comes to me as I'm writing, so, um, I can't speak too much to the, the more formal structure, but, like, I think it's definitely, there's definitely a lot of, uh, possibility with that if someone's interested in looking into it yeah well thanks jeremy for the conversation and for giving thoughtful answers to a lot of kind of probably tough questions or you know things you weren't prepared for and so forth but i love I, tough questions <laughs> I, I appreciate i appreciate that is there anything you want to tell uh, leave off with as far as yourself about do you want to mention your website or how people can be uh, get into contact with you or anything like that? Uh, sure. I'm always happy to, to talk and um, people can feel free to look at my work uh, 
it's uh, photojeremy.com. Um, it's my website, or my name, jeremyruzik.com. They both lead the same place. Um, and I'm still working on getting up some more of my like personal artwork and poetry um, on there. But there's also, um, I'm also on Instagram, is kind of where I'm most active as far as social media. Um, and yeah, I'm happy to, if anybody wants to drop me a line and talk about art or talk about some potential projects, always eager to hear more stories. Um, and otherwise, yeah, thank you um, for inviting me and talking and being open to wherever uh, my mind or our conversation went. <laughs>